Nine is in the books. We're back for another episode. This is Blake, the cat, Miller. As always, I'm with Jake, Soft Hands, Baki. Jake, how are you doing? Doing good. Finally feels nice to get a W under my belt. Yeah. And, I mean, you had pretty pretty easy matchup yourself. I... uh, uh, there's there's two wins that are my favorite. It's beating you. It's beating Phil. I was able to knock out Phil this week. Yeah, it doesn't happen that you beat me that often, too. I know. So few and far between. But before we get in the episode, I don't know. I just thought of this question because we're pretty much midway through the week or mm-hmm. the season, week nine uh, in the books. And and that's a, I guess that's not really a fantasy football question. But do you have uh, your Super Bowl prediction? Give me um, who's representing each uh, conference. Oh, like legit. Like actual yeah, NFL, legit. yeah, actual NFL. Um, well, I I don't think there's a team in the NFC that can beat the Eagles. Um, perhaps the and this is, might shock some people. I guess the Niners are going to be there, but I still don't trust Jimmy G. Um, perhaps in a playoff game, but I, I would love to see an Eagles Cowboys NFC Championship. Um, God, that would kill Phil. Yeah, I I think that would be an extremely good game, and I think it would be very close because I do think it would probably it would be in Philadelphia. And I know that when they played each other a few weeks back, it was Cooper Rush was starting, um, and I would love to see, and especially like those rumors coming out that OBJ might be going to the Cowboys. Um, so yeah, Phil would hate that. <laughs> oh no. Um, I think that would be a great matchup. Um, but I would, and you know what? Oh, do I want to? That was, nothing ever goes right for the Cowboys. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Eagles. Um, although okay. I am I am high on the Cowboys. Um, but also Mike McCarthy is the worst coach in NFL. So yeah, Eagles. The AFC is a tough one because Josh Allen just it just came out that he has a UCL injury and I don't think he's gonna miss any time. But he has to play with that throughout the year. And I believe that's the same injury that Stafford had um, last year. So maybe that's like a, a a good luck thing for the Super Bowl. Um, I, I am kind of bullish on the Chiefs. There are times where I watch them. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's that's the Chiefs. We all know. And then there are times like last week where I'm like, no, like, wh- why is this this team like considered very good? They They can't move the ball. Uh, they're missing yeah. that Tyree kill threat. Um, so I will say bills, bills, Eagles, and I will go with the bills. Hmm. Okay. So I am going to go off the board. It's funny. Cause we're, you and I are completely different in the AFC. I'm not big on the bills. I'm not really big on their defense. They have a good pass rush, but I'm. I don't. I just. There's something with them, and I. I. It's weird. So, I, I'm picking the Ravens out of the AFC. I feel like. Ugh. I know. I know it's gross. I know that offense has been banged up. They don't have much weapons on the outside. I think in terms of wide receivers, but I think that offense can compete with the Chiefs and the Bills. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like they're a really solid. I just think their defense is really good. I feel like out of like the Bills, the Chiefs, and the and the Ravens, I don't. I I really like their defense. I like. I feel like it's a sneaky defense. 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, I like their front seven. I do not like their corners, and I don't yeah. like Marcus Peters. I don't. Of course, I know. I think uh, Kyle Hamilton, their safety, has been playing better, but I remember watching him at the beginning of the year and just looked lost out there. And he's a rookie, so perhaps it's just some growing pains with him. But, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of their secondary. And like you said, I'm just not a fan of their offense, and I think their offensive line is good. But, I mean, Lamar has been awesome, and I will give him that. And I and your your younger brother is a huge fan of Lamar, and I give him shit all the time because Lamar is a great regular season quarterback. I just can't see Lamar winning in the playoffs when it like comes down to it. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like we've seen the Chiefs' offense now for like four straight years. Like it's, I know they're pretty creative. They have a creative scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Reid. They can cook up something that's probably as we get later in the season. I don't know. I just. I feel like the Bills and the Chiefs, that offense of what they really thrive in has been seen for so long that I just think, I don't know, I want something different. And I and I feel like that Baltimore offense, they, they don't rely on Lamar to throw that much. And I know he runs a lot. I know mm-hmm. they don't have the pieces, but it's different. And I feel like this is the year that we may get something different out of the AFC and... I don't know. It's just a weird gut feeling. Well, I mean, the now, Bills haven't been to the Super Bowl in God knows how long, since like the 90s. Yeah, so I know, but still, they I would, just, they would I still don't... be a new team. And by the way, your Bills defense is not good. They are first in the league with points against mm. by 20 points. So, well, I watch, I guess I don't watch that much. I'm taking the Ravens. Okay. Now, in the NFC, I'm going to stick with my prediction that I had at the beginning year that I, and it's stupid because they're eight. No, that I don't trust Jalen hurts. We were talking about, uh, like Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I don't even, it's going to be crazy to see what Jalen hurts is going to be. Uh-huh. I, I like the Vikings. I feel like this is finally oh, the Vikings year. Jesus, Two teams with two just polarizing quarterbacks you're you're yeah. taking Kirk cousins in 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 multiple primetime games yes sir yeah that's crazy that's i think the vikings are the fakest seven and one team we've had in quite a while well those are my teams those are your teams i can't i can't wait the vikings and bills play each other uh, this Sunday, so we'll we'll see how uh, Kirk Cousins does against Josh Allen and that defense. I should we should check the line and maybe do a friendly wager there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's. Uh, I mean, after that conference, you're making me feel bad about my picks, but let's just get into uh, everything that happened this past week, week nine. Kirk Cousins, what was the his? Uh, I asked nickname. you last week. No, what was his nickname? Uh, did you see that video of him on the plane? I saw him dancing. Um, I don't know. No, I saw the dancing. I thought there was a nickname, but you know, I will say this: if the Vikings make the Super Bowl, I will do a reenactment of that video. Shirt off, chain on. Shirt off. Uh, uh, try to find some sort of chains, uh, and then oh, just. Like, I got the nickname. I got the nickname. Uh, Big Kirko. Big Kirko. There it is, and then a painted six pack on my chest. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's dive it in the week. Kirk Cousins. Get out of here. Hell yeah, dude. They're just an unlucky team. 
The team's unlucky. It's not, not cousins. They're seven and one. They're a lucky team. No, I'm just saying like historically, like last oh. couple of years, they've always been good. No, Kirk Cousins on just at night, just bad. But even this year, God, like their next four games are this this will be huge for them. Bills, Cowboys. All right, let's go over the matchups. We got Ellie Bash Bros taking the dub against quarterback sneaks. Both finally. teams now four and five, five. Yeah, finally. What kind of slide were you going on there? I was on a third. Is it a two or a three game? And Shane was on a three game win streak. So that was a big, uh, big win for me. And I never really felt the only time I felt nervous was five minutes in to the 10 o'clock games. When the first drive, Justin Jefferson, I think, had 45 yards, four yeah. catches, and a touchdown. And I texted in the group chat, I, Justin Jefferson's going to go for 200 points today. Um, and then he didn't do much until the third quarter, maybe, fourth quarter, and caught some more. Um, I think he had like back-to-back really long catches. Then um, ended up with 22, which was still pretty damn good day for him, but... Then, you know, essentially I was looking at a Shane's team throughout the day. I don't – help me out. Why would you start both David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert? I mean, last week they both got involved. They both uh, – I think they were north of 12 points each. Mm-hmm. But that was a game – yeah, I you know what? I, I, I can see why he started just looking at his bench uh, – well, there is James a player on there that well, I, yeah, Tyler, I would have. Yeah, yeah no. Tyler Algier. Like, Shane's a Chargers fan as well. He should know how bad that Chargers run defense was. They gave up like 50 yards to Caleb Huntley. They gave up 90 yards to um, Tyler Algier. Um, they gave, oh, It was basically 100, 10 rushes for 100 yards. And then they gave up two touchdowns to Cordero. So remember, we talked about this on uh, the last podcast was that I was hoping that Cordero was going to be added because yeah. it was going to split time. Well, little did we know that that's how bad the Chargers' run defense was, was that all Everyone three eats. running back literally <laughs> eight. Uh, Cordero was the only one that got in. So I don't know. I, I personally would have would have played Algier over Khalil Herbert. It wouldn't have mattered. But um, I, when I saw that they were both playing and I saw that, you know, Miami is going to be up in games. So anytime yeah. you play a Miami team, you want – receivers you want a quarterback to start i would i mean unless of course it's one of the premier running backs but if it's someone that's kind of a fringe too or maybe just a flex play i would kind of hold off on using them only because they're not going to be running the you're not going to be running the ball against miami that often well i feel like in his situation he had to run double running backs out of obviously double running backs out of some backfield mm-hmm. and my thought process is that i've seen if i'm him i've seen david montgomery and Khalil herbert both produce and I think adding uh, Patterson, adding him to that lineup, obviously we, you know, I know that Chargers defense can get run on, run up on, but we haven't really seen how that backfield will work when all three guys are in the mix. Uh-huh. And I, yeah, I feel like the safer bet was to, to go with the guys that were involved in the game. But I do agree with you. You got to look at the matchup there. You got to look up. Uh, Miami's going to be up. They're going to run away from that run yeah. game. Both guys. Um, I haven't really seen that much of Khalil Herbert in terms of the past game. There's not um, – it's not like we're uh, – what was the – Tariq – what was his name, first yeah, name? Yeah, Tariq Cohen. Yeah, yeah I, it's Tariq not Cohen. like they don't have that running back, and they really don't have the passing volume 
uh, on that team where they can get a running back involved in like a catch-up game or a game where they're behind there throwing the ball. So neither of those guys, in terms of like my outside looking in, have shown that. So yeah, um, it was just a tough game. It was just a tough matchup, and that was the worst possible decision that could come out was Cordell being healthy. And like we mentioned, that's the, I looks like that's what decided it here because he obviously flipped his lineup around last second, and he just he just took the long, wrong bounce. But luckily, in these matchups where it's it's blown out as much as it did, it doesn't matter, it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't kill you because you made that wrong decision. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't hang my head too low. He still got production out of Justin Jefferson. We we a lot of the bulk of those points came in that first drive. Um, Slow down, but still good at outing for him. Uh, Jalen Hurts continues to be very effective. Didn't hit projections. Bad matchup, but we talked about it earlier on the podcast because that was a Thursday night game. But just duds. Just duds. DJ Moore kind of – it's crazy to say, but DJ Moore's kind of back to his average this year. Well, uh, the, th- the thing about DJ was that he didn't do a single thing with P.J. Walker, and I was touting how I liked their chemistry the last couple weeks, and he didn't get thrown to once, which was just strange. In that first half, P.J. Walker had a total of six passing yards in the first mm-hmm. half. So they benched him. They put Baker in. Baker threw him a couple balls. But, yeah, I, I would I would have thought that D.J. Moore would have had a much better week. I was kind of nervous about that matchup because I, the corner for the Bengals is now out for the year. Uh, the former Cowboy, I can't think of his name. Um, but he's a very good corner, and he is that got hurt in their Monday night game last week out for the week and I was thinking great like I don't really think the Bengals have a great secondary but I was actually surprised that nobody I guess that Terrence Marshall Jr. uh young guy for the Panthers uh had a 50 60 yards and a touchdown but they were down 42 to like nothing and I was thinking like oh here comes DJ Moore second half garbage time he's gonna get 60 yards and a touchdown but nothing really came from him and yeah the Shane's team in general just a bad week um, you know, I think was the second lowest, maybe the third lowest uh, output this week. But yeah, I was I I never really felt threatened. Even when Jalen Hurts and their Eagle defense put up twenty and nine respectively, I was still feeling pretty good about my chances. Yeah, and your team, um, one seventeen. If you look at you look at points like per guy, like you really didn't have that much a uh, spectacular week. You were just kind of held yeah. up by just great individual performances. Cooper Cup. We're talking about it all the time, even on down games. Uh, we're 13 to 16. You always know he's going to break one off at mm-hmm. any single play. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's obvious. It's the Patriots defense. That was the big uh, catalyst for, for your sure. matchup. Yeah, I mean, you take out – you take out. Um, I always like to do with defense when you have these big outings. Just subtract – like bring me back to the projections and like – because like – Anything over 26, that's just insane. I don't know. I always kind of view it uh, by the projection. So, like, take out 19 points. And, I mean, you're like, you're a 100, you're 100 point team this week, but you, there's just defenses like this. Uh, Patri- we always talk about Patriots of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, defense wins you weeks. And this is the time of the part of the season where if you're fishing for wins or um, you're trying to get back in, into the, into the playoff race, you got to find these good matches, this juicy matchup. And, you picking up Patriots, I believe it was a waiver pickup. I think you no, put a bid on them. them. I've had them for the last like four okay. or five weeks. Yeah. Okay, so I must have just been searching in other leagues where they've been available. But these, when you have defense that you want to carry through bye weeks and carry throughout the season, do you wait for these matchups because they'll win you weeks? Yeah, I, I picked them up. I'm looking at it October 19th. So it's been, and I did put them on, wa- or I did pick them up on waivers. So it's, I've had them for the last three weeks, maybe four weeks. 
Um, I think actually I might have picked them up for the Bears game, and I thought that they were going to do really well, and they like gave up 33 points to the Bears. So I, I've held on to them uh, the week prior against the Jets. They had 10, and I loved this. I absolutely love this matchup against the Colts. No Jonathan Taylor, a rookie quarterback at home like all three that's like a trifecta for anything when it comes to the patriots so um of course i didn't expect 26 points but i did expect 10 to 15 which um they had in the first half they were really close to getting me 30 points they they ended up giving or getting or the colts ended up getting over 100 yards on the last drive of the game um, so that would have added another extra. I basically got docked three points at the very end on the very last drive and complete garbage time to where the Patriots basically were up 26 to three. They didn't care. They were good there. Um, yeah, I think across the board, I, I mean, I still have question marks. I'm still, I just, I don't know what to do with my quarterback situation. I, I love Justin Herbert, but their offense is just so bland and so, ugly and Austin Eckler scores all the touchdowns. I mean, Austin Eckler scored a passing touchdown, uh, which was great, but just that they're, they're banged up and they, and I, I added Josh Palmer's and I, and I thought that that was a really good play by myself to pick him up in a really good matchup. Um, and he had close to, a, you know, 80, 90 yards, I believe, uh, I had over a hundred yards. So, um, you know, and I don't know, he might be the number one, if even if Keenan comes back, are they going to ease Keenan in? They don't want it's a hamstring, so I, I I like having Palmer on my team, but yeah, I I don't know what to do with Herbert. DeAndre Swift, I read today, which I was really excited for. Dan Campbell said that they are going to use him a lot more next week, um, which I'm stoked on. Uh, but yeah, I mean Deion Jackson was just I'm just just trying for something, some extra points. I was I was kind of watching that game and seeing him run the ball for two yards every time i was like oh great like this guy yeah, you getting, just know it's one this of those guy's days not getting more than five yard or five uh, yards at all per carry um but yeah i i had a solid week um but you're right like the defense you're not gonna get 26 points from a defense every week but uh well you gotta just kind of look for matchups at certain points and try to just scrap up as many points as possible i i I mean, you won pretty handily, but going into the week, I think for you, this is one of the weeks where you're like, hey, I'm shorthanded here. Um, it's not looking great. I I just got to pull out a win here. I got to squeak one out, and you did. And these are the wins that you'd remember that get you uh, uh, either th- that final game to make you into the playoffs or they're the ones that like, oh, my gosh, I remember that cushion that I got and that shame matchup where mm-hmm. I was on bye. And so big win for you. Like I mentioned, you're four and five. You're in sixth place. Hold on to the last playoff spot. Machine, yep. four and five, uh, sitting at eighth place. Eighth place. Whoa, that was weird. So I had no idea what was going on with Justin Fields, obviously, in the last episode. But mm-hmm. I I mean, I notice him now. He's mm-hmm. he's here to stay. <laughs> yep. and, and I remember a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about, okay, what is that Achilles heel for White Walker, like with this team? He's... He's got this three-headed monster with Walker, Henry, uh, Henry, and Etienne that have just been absolutely cooking. And I, I remember saying it was a quarterback spot. It's like he's got to figure out that spot. One fifty-seven. That's that's the points he had this week. One fifty-seven over ninety-two. Um, Sixty-five point blowout over the notorious White Walker goes five and four, second place. Uh, 
Torius, three and six, dead last. Is there is there anything new we can add to the the discussion with White Walker's team besides Justin Fields? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I mean, he's just ha- he has a solid team, and I I don't see any real negatives. I mean, tight end spot is not the greatest. You, you but he, I think he still can get six to ten points a week from his tight end spot, whether it's Greg Dolchich or it's Hayden Hurst. Um, and I think that's all he really needs in that spot. Cause I, I do think every week he's going to get 15 to 20 points at the minimum from Derek Henry, ETN and Kenneth Walker. I think all three will get 15 points at least. So right there, you're looking at 45 AJ Brown, Alave, I think 10 to 15 points as well. Right there. You're looking at. You know, 75, Justin Fields can get you 25 or 20 points, maybe on average, 15 to 20, and then kicker and defense. So you're, you're looking at just like the bottom around 100 to 110. And that's just the low end. Of course, high end. The last two weeks, he scored 160, what, 166 on me last week or 161. And now we're yeah. looking at a 157. I mean, it's it's going to be incredibly difficult to beat Phillips' team. Yeah, and it's and it's not like, I mean, forty four points is pretty fluky. Obviously, that's not that's not something that's going to happen mm-hmm. at at all. Nothing consistent. But like, in terms of like, let's say like one thirty, that's that's reasonable. Like every week with this team, like you yeah. mentioned, Derek Henry, it's like twenty three points uh, is a losing effort, uh, maybe. Heading into the week, you'd say that's a bad matchup, but because um, you would think Casey would just roll, but no, I mean he's still involved. He's still going to be he's still going to be his part. He didn't even get that many carries in that game. Um, yeah, I know, that's the funny thing is that I think he had like twenty points in the first half, and he only had like I think maybe max eight or nine yards in the second half. Like he he just didn't. They had a weird offense. I don't understand their game plan. Like they lo- they could have easily they should have won that game. But their game plan in the second half was terrible. They just did not rely on him, which if you're the Tennessee Titans, there's literally just one player on that team, especially on the offensive side, that can just carry that entire team. And you saw that in the first half. He had like he had a no, 89 yards in the first half and he ended up with what 105, 115. Yeah. So he had what twenty six yards in the second half, which is kind of unacceptable to be honest. But yeah, he had twenty three points overall, twenty points in the first half, and yeah, he he's just he's incredible to watch. And Travis Etienne had a slow start on Sunday, and then second half just absolutely dominated. Kenneth Walker, the same thing. I think Kenneth Walker only had thirty yards in the first half, and then just went crazy in the second half. So. I just don't see how you stop this this three-headed monster. You don't. You just – I don't think you do stop him. I think at this point anything can happen. There could be slow weeks. We don't – as we get even closer and closer to playoffs, we can start looking at matchups uh, and see maybe there's going to be a situation where there is a bad matchup for one of these guys, but these guys – these three guys are right now are performing and they're playing at a level where – they're just they're match they're almost matchup proof and mm-hmm. you just gotta hope you gotta hope at this point when you're playing white walker a 
you're not trying to it's a winner go home like you either you got to win you got to beat him to get in the playoffs you don't want that matchup and b you got to hope you got to hope you don't play him in the playoffs you got to hope you play him in the finals at this yeah. point i'm Just looking at right now uh i mean we we are huge fans of kenneth white walker phillips has seen, but so is snickers he's now number one projected team and not surprised at this point uh at one point notorious was number one overall and we talked about his three-headed monster, Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen was there. Wh- horrible game. Uh, stat line. Sh- I mean, it's one of the horrible football games, but good in fantasy. But that's what happens when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely could have performed way better in this. Not all, Maybe not this matchup. The matchup wasn't great, but um, some of the carelessness. Uh, that pick to that pick that he threw trying to dump the ball off to Dawson Knox. Yeah, I mean, he had that's two the, bad picks. Yeah, and um, Eckler was involved. Eckler's always involved. He's been on that hot streak, that touchdown streak that he's been on. He still has that, but Josh Jacobs. Uh, I believe I mentioned in this matchup, this is the matchup for Josh Jacobs that it's kind of like put up or shut up. Like we, mm-hmm. he's had such great weeks, um, obviously above the norm. Not saying this is a horrible week because um, 10 points is still pretty good, but this is one of those weeks where I'm like, okay, this is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is, I'm going to scratch right above 10 points. I'm not going to get the value that I draft him at, uh, mm-hmm. that he's yeah. constantly drafted at. It's just, it's the meh Josh, Eka, Josh Jacobs that I was expecting. And it cannot come for a worse time for the notorious, especially, especially because I believe the last three weeks for the Raiders was, it was a buy. Last week he did nothing. That was the blowout. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got blown out by the Saints, and then this week ten. So that's three straight weeks where you're getting little. You're getting no production one week, obviously with buy, and then these two weeks where I want to say all in is probably like twelve points, and. That carried that carried notorious at the beginning of the year, and then when he's not performing at that level, then you start going down the roster of him of notorious, and now you're looking at all the yeah, weaknesses there's, that there's he has. Nobody. Yeah, there's, there's nobody. There's so. nobody, and I'm not I'm not gonna talk about Trey's team uh, in a negative light because I do play him next week, and every time I feel like I say something negative about someone's team, they go off. Um, but. Josh Jacobs, yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs, I feel like, is very touchdown dependent in order to, like, have a very good week. Um, you can get some guys that perhaps can get you 15 points here and there without getting a touchdown, whether it's, for instance, like Damian Pierce, who ran for 130 yards with no touchdowns. Um, there are some guys that perhaps can can uh, catch the ball a lot without getting in the end zone as well from the running back area. But, um yeah, I mean, it's this team is very much just dependent on Josh Allen and Austin Eckler. And then there's just not a lot of boom potential on the team. And you kind of have to struggle to scrap up points. Um, and as you can see here in 92, it's just not going to really do it in our league. No. Uh, the goal is always try to at least get 100, hit that 100 mark. And it, it almost seems at that point, you're looking across the league uh, – you had uh, yeah, one, I feel like two. 115, 120 is now kind of like the goal that you want to get. Yeah. Well, I mean, touchdowns. I, I I feel like at the beginning of the year when uh, touchdowns were kind of hard to come by, uh, that 100 mark. But, yeah, right now with all these offenses, like good offenses are cooking right now, you got to hit that 115 mark looking mm-hmm. at some of the victories across the board. Uh, but, yeah, this it's, it's a growing theme uh, for the Notorious. Top two guys are kind of carrying them, and uh, we're seeing all the inefficiencies and – 
Now really not much he can really game losing streak. Yeah. And we'll see if it continues next week when he takes on your team. But uh, we got Trey, 10th place. Kenneth White Walker, five and four, second place. So we both predicted last week that this was the get right game for Aaron Rodgers. Um, Then he proceeded to throw three picks. One to the defensive end, the f- number two overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, who said he has never caught an interception in his entire football career. Pop Warner, high school, college, but the one guy that picked off, or that he picked off, Aaron Rodgers. Should Nick drop Aaron Rodgers tomorrow? Uh, no, I don't think he should drop Aaron Rodgers tomorrow. I don't think really? he, yeah, no, I, he, I mean, right now he's carrying an empty bench slot. So like, I don't know if he drops someone like leading into this, this, uh, waiver pool, but no, I don't think so. I mean, he's playing horrible. I don't, you, you don't start him. There's not, I mean, I'm going to look at, check out their matchup and especially their we'll, next three games, Dallas, Tennessee, Philadelphia. I, I I drop him. I'm done. I am I'm he's 16th ranked quarterback. Hasn't not gone over 16 points once. I'm done. The the Aaron Rodgers is washed take is is alive. It's real. Um I he, he there's no reason to to start. You know, let's go let's go really quick to QBs on the waiver wire, and we'll say whether or not we would take them over. Yeah, Aaron I'm not even looking. You just you, tell okay. me a name. I'm gonna start from the back end of it. Okay, Derek, Derek Carr. I'm gonna say I'd rather have Derek Carr. Okay. Daniel Jones. I'd rather have Daniel Jones. Marcus Mariota. I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. Trevor Lawrence. I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. And Geno Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't even need to say that. So those uh, you took four out of those five. Four out of, four five, out of those yeah. five are, are available, and mm-hmm. I I just I don't see the reasoning why it's one of those where I just I would drop Rodgers and then start to pick up quarterbacks every week. That's matchup dependent, and I would still keep Jared Goff because I think Jared Goff has weeks. Actually, now that I'm looking at, it, I mean. Jared Goff is ranked number 17. Yeah, I mean, if I were Nick I tomorrow, and this is going to come out after waivers, but I would go out and grab Geno Smith, and I would and I would play him probably every single week and get my 15 to 20 points that Geno consistently puts up. Yeah, but even with Aaron Rodgers, 15, 20 points. He's, I mean, Aaron Rodgers' last three games, 13, 15, 15, it's still same thing as that. He, I don't know. I, I just I think I think we've seen the ceiling on Aaron Rodgers, like some of these games. For instance, like that Chicago game week two, sixteen point three, the Giants game sixteen point eight, and he still struck. Like he has he he does not the best the most yards that he's thrown for this year is two ninety one, and that was this past week. Um, and the only reason why he was able to get thirteen points was because he ran for forty yards, which never happens. So I don't know. I I am very much just I would I would be done. I I would kind of pack it up. Nick's not going to do that only because 
He is a Aaron Rodgers apologist, um, a Packer fan. But I think I said two weeks ago that Nick has the worst team um, in the league. Um, and I think it, I, I mean, looking at this roster pretty much proves it. I know C-Mac was on a bye, Mari Cooper on a bye, and Ayuk, uh, who has been pretty good. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a very, very thin team. Like, there's just – there's not a lot of margin for error. I don't, like – unless it's, like, playoff implications or sometimes Phil if he's pissing me off. But, yeah, I don't, like, root for, like, teams to fail. But th- I'm so glad Taysom Hill was on a starting lineup and had one point. It just <laughs> makes me feel so good. Even, like, even in this matchup, just – I'm pretty sure it was just the throw that got him that point. No, he, he carried the uh, ball for catch. six yards. He had a catch, too. But uh, uh, no, he did mm-hmm. not have a catch. I th- oh, really? Ball. He threw the ball. I, I, he, he threw a rocket to someone. That was a really actually a nice throw. But uh, he had a oh, six yard had a carry. carry. Yeah, yeah. He had a six yard carry, and then uh, however many yards that is. And and just like completing wrapping the bow, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Jones is hurt. Um, he got hurt that game. Romeo Dobbs. I don't think he lasted the second drive. Yeah, no, he got hurt. Yeah, hurt in the first drive, I believe. First, yeah, first he was early. I saw that, knew it was over. I, if if I'm watching a Packers game and any offensive player goes out, I just say, oh, Nick's done. But it's just teams in shambles right now. And this was a tough week. You mentioned all the guys that run by Ayuk, McCaffrey, Cooper, who's been surprisingly good this year. So it was a tough week to begin with. But mm-hmm. it's just. It's just bad. It's so bad. And we we didn't even talk about the matchup here. It was uh, Rum Runners going against House Targaryen. Um, House Targaryen with a win, 124-72. Nick's in ninth place now. Four and five. I, I believe we just went over the matchup with uh, Notorious. I think he's three and six. So. Yeah, Trey has a full uh, game to make up. Yeah, so, I mean, this is bad. It kind of just looking at his lineup and kind of just it's just it's just gross but he still has a chance it's just a bad week he has to figure out the quarterback there's still plenty like you mentioned there's still four out of five quarterbacks i would feel more confident starting uh maybe he has to pick the litter this waiver wire and you can find a good matchup for next week kind of springboard him but and you're not going to get anything done especially with house targaryen 124 and it's it's almost like the tale of two teams where Mm -hmm. You get spotty. You get. I mean, you get Tyreek Hill with Rum Runners, who just goes off. But then everything else is just across the board is bad. But then Seth's team, one twenty four, a good score in this league. But it's just consistent across the board. Uh, Christian Kirk seventeen. I was dogging on him. I wanted. I think I was saying mm-hmm. play Tyler Lockett over him. That was my pick. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of a wash there. So, but yeah, Jalen Waddle seventeen. Jamal Williams as a it's kind of a ballsy move to to run him out there with a swift back and but still 10 points uh dallas goddard always we talked about that before the matchup 20 points juju i was wrong about juju still was able to be productive but and then defense with the ravens it's just an all-around consistent and i think now her team has changed a lot from the beginning when i was roster baiting all over it i felt like um when she had javante williams and Lamar Jackson at the beginning of the year, he's he's playing decent now, like not at the level he was at the beginning of the year. But at the beginning of the year, I felt like she had so many just like these big threats, and she had such a good depth. She has all of that. She had all that on her bench. I feel like for Steph, 
we talked about in this matchup, she has to make a lot of decisions every single week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she'll get lucky in terms of the decisions that she makes. It doesn't matter what decision that she makes because uh, in hindsight, if she would have taken out, yeah, if she would have taken out Juju for Tyler Lockett, some in some weeks or in some close matchups, that difference in points, like two points that we see it, that we'll talk about in Sam and Brian's matchup, that would cost you the whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have right now. She, she she's she's pretty solid across the board. She's got a lot of B minus, B B plus the B minus uh, individuals on her team, and she's going to have these weeks where everyone's just kind of get going to hit the projections, and it's going to win her these weeks, but. I don't know. It's it's just a good win. It's a good matchup for her. She didn't she didn't really have to stress that much, especially after like the Packers. But it's kind of it's it's kind of hard talking about her team because like everyone hit projections. No one really stood out to me really. Yeah, uh, I think consistency is the word uh, for Steph's team. Like you said, I think they all just were very consistently good. Um, Goddard kind of setting the tone for the week and going way over his projections. Um, but yeah, I mean that's always been a theme with Steph and her team is I feel like she's always had solid teams. She just it's it's too much to the point where you kind of need to start you need to make deals to try to upgrade certain positions because going into and I and I think she's going to make the playoffs and I think going into the playoffs there's going to be a matchup or a week where matchups are just so similar to one another and it's it's gonna come back and bite her. Like I, it, this happens. I feel like every single year where we like, we say, oh well, Seth, you know, picks the wrong person to to start. Um, and you would think one of these years, perhaps she would like package up a couple players for for an upgrade, and you know, find a trade partner to where you know it would be beneficial for both sides. But yeah, I mean, she's got a she's got a good team, and this she's doing this. She's in third place without literally having more than one week from Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah. So I think it's just a testament to uh, the depth that she does have. And, you know, guys like Jalen Waddle, Christian Kirk, I mean, Dallas Goddard has been one of the best tight ends the last like three, four weeks of the season. Um, Lamar, uh, you know, these guys that can put up 15, 20 points a game um, and definitely win weeks. But, you know, there are going to be times where that, that flex spot is going to be a question mark every single week. And there are going to be weeks, like you said, that 1.2 could make a difference um, in a win or a loss. Yeah, it's that's just going to be the common thing for her team is she's got to hit these projections. But like you said, anything can happen. I'm in the belief come playoff time, if I'm going to make the playoffs, obviously getting to the playoffs is just its own challenge. But when I get into playoffs, when I get into those weeks that I have to win, I don't even want to think about my lineup. I want to know, like, I know who I'm starting. I don't, I know who I'm not starting. I don't want to have to think about it. I want my heavy hitters, and that's it. Roll it, set it, forget it. Mm-hmm. But you don't. There's nothing more painful. It doesn't even matter if it's if it's the finals or first round or even like week three. There's nothing more brutal than losing a matchup because. Uh, you started the wrong person. It's just, it's t- terrible. Yeah. It's not, it's not a pain you want to live with. But sh- like we mentioned, fifty point blowout in this matchup here, Charles Sharjarian. 
goes to third place. Rum Runners, ninth place, four and five. I don't know if you saw it, but I was reading some stat about like Joe Mixon this year, and I guess he like leads the league in like touchdown potential. It's like amount of stops within like five yards, or hmm. it's like he was like it was, it was almost like a stat saying like he this season, obviously prior to week nine, has been like the most unluckiest running back. Like they have like these like advanced huh. statistics that say yeah, like I did not see that. given given like blocking schemes and given opportunity in the red zone, like he has been projected for like way more touchdowns than what he actually has been doing. And man, it sure would have been nice to have access to those stats before we were on here last week, just like ripping them and be like, dude, the guy's not even that good. Like guy sucks. And yeah. here he is, a fifty three burger. And what blows my mind is Sam needed every single <laughs> bit of those points. Yeah, she did. To squeak out a 1.9 victory over Fischl Boys. So both these teams go five and four. Brian, who was on the heater of all heaters, now drops a fourth place, mm-hmm. which is wild. And uh, Sam is now in fifth place. So, so people, there's always like historical moments, whether it's like nine eleven or, but or nine eleven or like, I can't even think of another moment. Like, I'm, I'm interested in seeing where this goes. Where were you when you saw that Joe Mixon had a <laughs> burger? I was on my couch. Um, well, okay, but yeah, I think it was. This is the second or third best fantasy day of all time. I think I read. Um, it was like LT had one probably. I think Jamal Charles was the number one. Uh, oh, one year, I, I think Jamal he had Charles. five touchdowns or four touchdowns when he ran for like close to 300 yards or something, something crazy. Um, but yeah, I felt like every time I refreshed that score and I saw the, like my phone or like looked on this Yahoo app, they scored a touchdown and was just blown away every single time to see Joe Mixon's name on there. Um, I, I did read, I think, I don't know if it was before the Monday night game, but they were talking about what they were going to do without Jamar Chase in the in the lineup, and they said they're going to lean heavily on Joe Mixon. Well, they leaned very heavily on Joe Mixon, so much so that you know, 22 carries, 153 yards, four touchdowns, and then four catches for close to 60 yards and a touchdown. Just an insane stat line. And you're right. She needed literally every single yard of Joe Mixon that game. Um, and just, I mean, looking at the rest of her lineup and it's just like, ugh, like, but then you like look back up and you're like, holy shit, 53 points. So if I'm Brian, this is a very tough week for me because I felt like, my bye week was just is was just staring right at me and all i needed going into monday night was 10 points from a running back that the four weeks been cooking four weeks prior to that had more than 14 points every week that's just one of those bad luck fantasy monday nighters where you're feeling good you're like okay let's just let's get these 10 points over with in the first drive or maybe just the first quarter, first half. And then you look at the, at the end of the first half. And I think Mar only had like four points or five points at the end of the first half. 
And yeah. that's when you start to worry and you're like, is this the week I get screwed by Joe Mixon and I don't get 10 points by an extremely good and explosive running back? And sure enough, I think the last drive of the game, Kamara had like a 30-yard catch um, to where I thought Brian won the week based off of that. Um, but then I looked at the score and I saw that he lost by a little bit less than two. And so, yeah, it's just one of those where it's tough. It's it's really hard. Um, and that's why fantasy football is fantasy football because we both came on here and we said, A, Joe Mixon sucks, and B, Brian's going to blow out Sam's team by 40 to 50 points. Like, we didn't even want to discuss it. We thought we both – we both thought Brian was going to dominate and Phillips was going to dominate against uh, – Trey, well, we were right about the Phillips game, but this game, you know, it's it's a tough, tough, uh, tough loss for for the official boys. Miles Sanders, fifteen points. I know we talked about it last episode, but I love looking at that Miles Sanders show. Yeah, I, well, these these matchups happen. They and luckily Brian's in a spot at pr- essentially second place because he's just one behind uh, me for first place, mm-hmm. but. These these happen. It, I'd rather lose a blow. I'd rather lose like a, a high scoring affair close because uh, you talked about in earlier episodes this season <laughs> where you were just getting bad luck draws, but your team was putting out points. You're like, dude, this this isn't gonna happen all season. Like, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be losing these like one point stinkers or these like TD uh, defensive touchdowns to win the game, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. It stinks to lose in this fashion, especially looking at your opponent and especially losing to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, just him himself. <laughs> that just is just uh, trap. His stat lines every week are just the best. I mean, he has his first four weeks were were pretty respectable. Well, except for that third one where he had seven carries for zero yards, but uh, but he still had twelve points somehow. Um but the last four, I mean what the hell? Like four carries for five yards this week and just one catch for 14. It's just, but like we just said, he needed every single one of those yards and he needed to have that catch in order for Sam to win. So it all, it all comes back around. Yeah. And he's still a good team. Sam, there's still obvious question marks with her team, but it didn't matter. She got the Joe Mixon game that she's been looking for all season, and mm-hmm. this particular one uh, allowed her to win a squeaker here. Both teams five and five or five and four. Sam in fifth, official at fourth place. We got the cat claws up. I'm I'm doing the intro, so I don't have my soundboard here. But the cat claws up. I go six and three. First place, one ten over the Ghost of Forte. Uh, four and five, seventh place. He had eighty six. The ghost of Kenny Whereas, Pickett. Like the ghost say. of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I just all I see. What's that movie? Was it Patrick Swayze? Ghost. Ghost. Yeah. When he's all I like see is, behind her while they do the the, the pottery. Pottery. Yeah. The, is it what is it called? With the it's a big, it's like the spinning wheel. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. I just see Phil sitting on his couch and just Kenny Pickett's just straddling him just, <laughs> just just watching phil watch football just watch laugh, his fantasy football team. at him as he opens up his laptop and he sees that he's losing by 30 40 points 
and he's just doing everything he can to make sure that Tyler Higby is not involved in this Rams offense. Mm-hmm. He's doing everything he can to uh, Gabe ensure Davis not that being Gabe able Davis... to catch a sixty-yard bomb at the end of the game. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, two duds, two duds right there with uh, Gabe Davis, Tyler Higby, and really. I, I guess you can call this a Stefan Diggs dud game. That was a tough matchup. I don't know how much Sauce Gardner was following him around, but it doesn't really matter. I feel like there's there's defensive teams where where they have these like high profile like individual corners, and it isn't like they're just like the embodiment of the whole defense. Like if Sauce Gardner, I I don't know what the follow rate was him, but it's that was a bad matchup. Like I. Well, I mean, Diggs still had. I mean, he he only had five catches, but he had ninety three yards. So, I mean, it was it was definitely just one of those where I feel like any wide receiver, if they don't get a touchdown, it's going to be hard. We don't really. I mean, PPR we play in half PPR, so it's a little different to where you know you have guys that. I mean, Diggs really isn't that kind of receiver um, anymore that gets a lot of reception. He's he only has two games this year over ten. Um, and I feel like in years past, especially last year, he had a ton of games with a lot of receptions. But this year, a lot of his games are just solely touchdown dependent. Um, or I shouldn't say touchdown dependent. I should say like he has games to where he goes off with with touchdowns as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he has three games this year that are under 11, under 12 points. Right. So like. I don't know. I I definitely think that he still had a a good game, but he just didn't get in the end zone, which is strange for him because he's so used to scoring touchdowns. And when I'm when and there's wide receiver running backs that doesn't matter that they'll just blow through a matchup. If it's a bad matchup, they're going to go through it. But um, when I say bad matchup, I'm referring to not only the output from Stefan Diggs, but also the output of like Josh Allen and his mm-hmm. ability to pretty much cancel out two drives, yeah. two opportunities where he, where Stefan Diggs w- potentially could get that touchdown. So, yeah. um, so that's where I see it. I don't see it in terms of his individual performance, but I see just the overall performance of the team. Josh Allen's getting a little bit sloppier, uh, these past couple weeks, uh, that green Bay game, he was, wasn't really that great. And this, this matchup too, just not great. And it's, it's going to start bleeding over. And I think the problem Phil's going to have is that when you have it, when you have two guys on a highly explosive offense, when that offense starts slowing down a little bit, the top end guy's still going to have weeks like this. He's going to have his 11, his 13, 14, mm-hmm. but Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis is like two catches, like a hundred, like in 80 yards. It's, it's like Tyler Lockett, uh, like, in years past where it's like you get he he breaks the breaks uh breaks a cover goes over the top gets his touchdown one week or it's and that's if he catches the ball yeah it's if yeah it's true if he catches the ball um so he kind of got bit kind of got bit right there tyler higby he played just i don't just don't even just don't even turn on rams games just don't the what you were getting out of out of a, a highly efficient offense of last year what you were getting out of tyler higby um getting him involved out of necessity because of the offensive line i feel like that's gone too i feel like i don't know what i don't know what the defense are planning i know higby was banged up last week going into this week he's a little unsure 
but just the targets aren't there. I feel like defenses now are, they know that they, they, they can get to Stafford. They mm-hmm. want to take down his early check down options, force him to go uh, into a second read. And that's just kind of forcing the turnovers. Tyler Higby is not startable. I think he's back to being a droppable player. He's got Dalton Schultz coming back on tight end. That's going to uh, come off after bye next week. But yeah, just, just, just three, four duds. You, I mean, it's one point from your kicker. That's a dud, especially yep. when you're into my kicker uh, when we go over my matchup. But Tua's great. Dalvin Cook kind of hit projections, but that game was kind of funky because they got out to lead quick. Yeah. And they started running the ball, and then it was iffy. It was back and forth. He had a nice but, nice touchdown grab. He was like a one-handed wheel mm-hmm. route that he had nice. Yeah. Yeah, and Ramondre Stevenson's just – Plug it along, hidden projections, but yep. just those duds. That shit happens. You sometimes you have matchups you gotta avoid. Uh, you gotta avoid the zeros, and usually this season the zeros are coming from the tight end spot. And I, we look at my team, and I did everything possible to not get a zero out of my tight end spot. But one point two big catch got him involved, got me the win. I we talked about with Joe Mixon his outing, Demonte Adams won yeah. back huge huge outing for yeah. Devontae. Uh, ripped it up it like the first half. It was just mm-hmm. it was one of those games where where you sent out that text to Justin Jefferson. It's like, uh oh, Justin Jefferson, here comes like a fifty burger. And then it was and then it was like midway through uh what was it the ten o'clock slate? I want to say this one was. Yeah, this game was at ten. Yeah. It was like midway through the ten o'clock slate, and then here comes your text saying, Nope, it's Devontae Adams day. Yeah, it's a Devontae it day. day. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like every drive in the first half he had 10 yards, 15 yard catches, 22 yard catches, and then he scored, was it two touchdowns? Yeah. Um, yeah, both of his touchdowns, one came in the first quarter, the second one came in the second quarter, um, and, you know, 10 catches, 100 and basically 50 yards and two touchdowns. Um, that, that team is just something else. Like, they've lost four games this year, I think, when they were up by 10 or more points or something like that. Um, or maybe it was a touchdown or more, but they are just a disaster there. They just have like put two players that they drafted only like three years ago on waivers that were like first and second round picks. They they are all mm-hmm. over the place. Um, but Devonte is is having a very kind of inconsistent all over year. The place. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like he only had he had point seven the week before, and then he dropped thirty one uh, points. Against Kansas City, he had that nice game where he had two just big, huge plays. He only caught three catches, but he had 28 points, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a touchdown machine this year. He has two, four, six, seven touchdowns, uh, which is what you want out of a wide receiver one. But there is a player on your team that I I don't know what you should do with him, and that's Michael Pittman. I You talked about last week how you were very – nervous about Ellinger um, in this matchup. And I knew this would be a bad matchup for Pittman, but I mean, I just, I don't see where the season turns around, especially with uh, Ellinger as the quarterback. Well, news coming out of the Colts that they fired Frank Wright. (laughs) 
Yeah. They they hired him with they hired a TV personality, Jeff Saturday. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's the name. I mean, he was a former former player. I mean, I guess yeah. technically he's a TV personality, but he's he's more of a, obviously. Yeah, I know he's more of a. Was yeah. he a center? He was the center for the Colts for ten yeah. plus years for Peyton, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I, I did read that he uh, has some high school football experience, so that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I was nervous about this matchup. We're we're right. We, I mean, I, we were right. I mean, I was definitely the nerves that I had for it. I think Pittman. I don't think Pittman had his first catch until it was either late in the first half or yeah, it was either second or third quarter. Yeah, it was late in the game, and thank goodness for my Devontae Adams game to kind of pick it up. I mean. I, I just gotta wait for this co- this this coaching change. I found out today that Nick uh, Nick Foles was on that uh, roster as well. I don't get why he if they're yeah, not. I think he's yeah he's the he third is, string. If, well, I guess second if, string now. If Matt Ryan isn't starting, then I don't see why he isn't starting. Um, mm-hmm. But it. I don't. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say with Pittman. I, there's not much I can really do. I did not really solve my my questions at wide receiver help by doing that trade with you with Cortland Sutton. I feel like I have two of the same guys on my team. Like when the offense is in rhythm mm-hmm. and are cooking, then they're the two pieces on that offense that you want in terms of a vertical threat. But both offenses that are in the same rut and like like the same rut that it's just it's just horrible to start one of them yeah they just i have yeah they just they have trouble moving the ball downfield whether that's literally five yards you know seven yards or there was rarely and i do feel like matt ryan had at times like 15 20 25 yard passes to alec pierce and every once in a while Pittman. um but I just I don't think you're going to be getting that with Sam Ellinger. And sure, we can we you can say like you're hoping that's something, a new coach maybe it sparks some more. But like Frank Reich was an offensive mind, so like it, you know it wasn't necessarily fair to him. If you look back at the five quarterbacks in the last five years that they've had, it's all trash since Andrew Luck, um, except for yeah. of course Phil Riv. But um, but I mean you know it wasn't necessarily fair to him. I thought the whole I, – I honestly just think their owner is absolutely insane. Um, I mean, he's always been that kind of quirky, weird older man that kind of just, you know, throws out these wild ideas um, in Jim Ursay. And so I, I think – I don't know. I, I can I can see this being a team that tries to be physical up front because of what Jeff Saturday was as, a, as an offensive line, kind of like a leader and trying to get more out of the run game a lot and trying to get more out of that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think, I think Pittman and Sutton are now mostly flex plays. Um, but for you, you don't really have anybody else that can, you know, slide into that number two spot. No, I, at this point, at this point I punted on Brandon cooks. I, He's done. He's dead to me. I'm not gonna drop him because I know he'll get picked up by someone that has a bench slot. Yeah, I'd pick but him up. yeah. And um, I have a lot of options that in my. I'm just looking at my bench where there's just a whole bunch of question marks. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is probably my most consistent like eight to ten point mm-hmm. uh, wide receiver. And it's crazy to think that. It's crazy to think that in certain matchup I may have to choose Adam Thielen over Michael Pittman and. 
I know going into next next week, that's going to be a, one of those decisions I'm going to have to make. I, I think my early projection is having Cortland Sutton starting coming off the bye. But yeah, I mean, just talking about the Colts offense and the and the new coach. I, at this point, I'm hoping for a quarterback change. I I do not. I, as much as Matt Ryan struggled this year and the expectations for him coming on the team is completely not up to the level that everyone is expecting, but there were, were glimpses. There were some sort of chemistry of Michael Pittman. Um, this quarterback change has just absolutely sunk Michael Pittman. Uh-huh. Even further, it doesn't help that the running game is just with uh, John Taylor is just absolute shambles, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's a chance that uh, maybe with the new coach, we uh, there's a change at the quarterback there's a little bit new philosophy in terms of I'm not even I'm not even that hyper focused on the pass game. The Colts the Colts offense as a whole they they hum and they thrive off the running game. If I feel like once uh, that's an easier fix um, is to get the running game back solved, figure out uh, that offensive line what they can do to be successful in the running game, and then the I believe in the passing game the most immediate beneficiary will be Michael Pittman. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't see that same thing with Cortland Sutton. I, I don't see, I don't see that run game getting better. I don't really see the pass game getting better. So, yeah, I but, feel like for Cortland Sutton, they just need to go back to throwing him the ball and giving him, you know, a heavy dosage of targets. Because you look at yeah. the first five weeks, um, he had seven, eleven, ten, seven, and eleven. So, and he was getting more around ten points a game on average, maybe a little bit more, 11, 12 points a game on average. Um, which you will take maybe in that flex spot, um, you know, definitely with him every single week. Yeah. So, I mean, we spent we spent pretty much this whole conversation talking about Pittman. We can just kind of gloss over the other things. Kyler Murray, uh, the floor for Kyler Murray is growing. Obviously, with DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. these nineteen point finishes, I'll take that compared to the thirteen and fourteen I was getting early in the season. Devin Singletary, I continue to plug him in, hoping for a touchdown, but at least I'm getting some sort of a kind of lower-end floor with his uh, involvement in the pass game. Josh Allen got hurt. Um, he's starting off practice uh, questionable. Hopefully that means they stop running him and they let their Naheem Hines and Devin Singletary backfield that they just um, brought up. Hopefully they can get him more involved. Raheem Moser rolled in for a touchdown. Without that, that would have been kind of a scary output, but especially with Jeff Wilson kind of thriving and having a good outing and Michael Carter. If, if I didn't, he was the one that I was uh, debating if I was going to start him this week, I threw him in there. He he's played good. That matchup was good. I guess. I don't know how it worked out. I think him and James Robinson got involved. That backfield is kind of a mess, but he's scoring points. So I have to plug him in and Nick Folk, 17 points. I yeah, mean, it's always nice when a kicker gets you, I mean, even over like seven points. But, you know, back, yeah. I mean, you, I don't think you had him last week. Did you have him last week? No. So last, up yeah, week. last week he had 21, and then this week he had 17. So that is, you know, incredible. Um, yeah, it's always nice when you're when you combine your defense and kicker for over 20 points. That's kind of like what you want um, every yeah. single week. Yeah, but – yeah, a, a lot of question marks on both teams here. And this week I was able to pull it out, 110-86. I, I am alone on the mountaintop for the time being. I'm 6-3. and three. Mm-hmm. I, can, I, can, I can hear the uh, – the what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of hesitancy in your voice when you say I'm alone on the mountaintop because I think we both know that there is a team coming for you. 
Um, and that's uh, the Kenneth White Walkers. I, I'm doing everything I can to get a buy spot, uh, get a buy in the first round so I can stay clear of his team. But for right now, like I said, I'm alone at the mountaintop, six and three, goes Forte, gets knocked back down to the pack, four and five, seventh place. And I would like to reiterate to Phil, the trade that went through did not make a difference this week. It's only Kenny Pickett off your squad. Pick up Kenny Pickett or you're missing the playoffs. <laughs> 